Welcome, my fellow wannabes, to another edition of The Wannabe Critic. I'm one of your hosts, Gabriel Fast. Um, I have some very special guests with me today. Uh, gentlemen, why don't you introduce yourselves? Ethan Maestri of Age of Geek Productions. And, and I'm Ryan Mazzocco. Tag along for Age of Geek Productions. So I want to clear something up. Hold on, hold on. Fel- fellow co-host. Yeah, okay. Of Drive Back the Night podcast. So if you say so, I mean, I have a question. Pays all the bills. I have so. a question. I was always under the impression that Drive Back the Night was Ryan's show. All right. Can I give you the the quick cliff notes of how that thing got started? Yeah, I want to hear the story because okay. both are really successful, actually. Ryan, well, actually, technically, the numbers are Drive Back the Night is actually the more successful of the two shows. People have given us money to keep that one going. Yeah. So, wow, <laughs> yeah. listeners, that yeah, we do it's, not it's, know. Yeah, which is a trip. But yeah, anyway, um, so Ryan and I were playing a lot of Firefly together, the board game. And we were really enjoying that game. And one evening we're playing and Ryan's like, you know what the Firefly <coughs> reminds me of? <coughs> Ryan says, you know what uh, Firefly reminds me of? It reminds me of this old TV show I used to watch back in the day called Andromeda. And, you know, things happen. He gets me a copy of the uh, first couple of, no, all, all the seasons. Yeah, I think I got you the first season first, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's right. And I go through the first season, and as I'm watching it, I'm really digging the storyline. And I'm loving this, you know, what I'm seeing here. And then I start paying attention to who's created this thing, and it's Robert Hewitt Wolf. And I love Robert Hewitt Wolf because he wrote a lot of the, the definitive episodes of Deep Space Nine that I really love, Star Trek, Deep Space Nine. So I'm like, well, no wonder I like this. And so I start looking around for podcasts that talk about this show because I'm, I'm really getting into it. There are no podcasts out there for Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda. So I'm in the shower, and while I'm washing my hair and my eyes are stinging, bolt of lightning hits me. This, this is our calling. This is why the universe has thrown Ryan and I together. And I texted him and said, why don't we do a podcast of the show? And Ryan was like, absolutely. And that was the, that was the start of it. And a couple of months later, we interviewed Robert here at Wolf and kick the show off and it's been a wild ride ever since wow so yeah. i so people paid you you is this like a are you guys like set up on patreon we or? were not we, we were not at all but we had um we noticed there were uh some listeners that well we from some regular comments and regular listeners that we were starting to notice uh whether through social media or just looking at our um analytics page we could kind of see some stuff was going on in the same areas of the world yeah um and then uh it started out this one particular listener uh from australia emails us and said hey um i tried to send you guys some money but i can't find anywhere to do that and we're like that's because we're not set up to accept money we've never asked for money it's never been part of why we do this but, I mean, I guess if people want to send us money, it wouldn't hurt to go ahead and set up a PayPal link on our page. Yeah. And so... So we did. We call it the tip jar. Yeah. And it just says, if you would like to donate, send it to this PayPal account. So has it been like an every once in a while type of thing, or is it you get pretty consistent? No, we traction? have we have a couple of listeners that are actually... I, I, I guess they're doing it on a 
pretty annual basis. We could almost call them Patreons. Yeah, we, we almost could. Yeah. Patreons or patrons? Pa- yes, pa- the, pa- the latter. That's the word. Yeah, right. that's patrons. The word. patrons. Yeah. So have you ever thought about setting up a Patreon since you obviously have some traction there? I mean, thought about give some. Uh, we're well, doing all right with tip jars. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, that's really cool. I didn't realize that that was the case because you guys just have never really talked about it. And I don't. Li- I'm going to be perfectly honest. I don't listen to Andromeda. I've never watched it. Mm-hmm. I don't care. That's fine. Um, it's very niche. Yeah, it's very niche. for sure. But that being said, there have been times where it's like, man, I had to give that show a try because you guys go on and on about how good it is, things like that. So that is very much though a joint effort. And you had not had any previous knowledge before Ryan introduced it to you. Right. Right. Okay. Nope. Yeah. So that's kind of fun with the dyna- the dynamic there because uh, we're reviewing each episode one at a time. We're going through every episode and then we review it. And we, we have a, a, a pretty standard uh, schedule and formula for how we do each show. But it's interesting, especially early on, when I know the outcome of everything from the very beginning. Right. I've seen all of these episodes. Some of them I've seen two and three times already before we sit down to, to review them. And then it's fun watching Ethan um, going through these for the very first time ever. Because now he's starting to serve certain things. He's asking me questions. So what's going to go? What what is this? What sense does this make? What's going to happen with this? And I, I know the answer, but I can't tell him. Not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can, which can be a little frustrating at times, especially when you legitimately want to know. But, I mean, that's just all part and parcel of experiencing the show. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, you know, of the two podcasts that we do, Age of Geek is my baby. You know, that's what I started out with on my own um, with help, which I've gone, we've gone through that story many a time. But while that is the flagship, Drive Back the Night, I'm really proud of because, one, the listeners. Yeah. We've, we've got a great listenership. We've got, we've got several regulars that give us feedback not just about our show but they contribute ideas for us to talk about and it's you know just give their viewpoint we're building a community sure and that's there's a joy in that totally uh, especially for a show that honestly it's not the best i mean let, let's be upfront let's there are a dozen other shows that came out at the same time and before and after that are way better but if you can find something you like about a show um, well, th- that folds into the Age of Geek Creed. You know, you don't have to... You don't have to make excuses for it. Exactly. Yeah. You like it, own it. And yeah. we do. And mm-hmm. and now we have a community out there that listens, gives us feedback. And, yeah, we just watch the numbers go up and up and up. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think a big part of it, too, is, you know, since it is such an, a niche subject, subject matter, there's going to be people out there that are inherently exactly like you guys that are coming to find that not exactly you get oh, what God. i'm saying yeah you get what i mean <laughs> that are coming to find the show and they're coming across it and they're like oh yeah and then it's like it's not even about the show really it's at that point they're there for your guys personality which that's the whole thing is you know and this is the millennial talking but i mean this is very much what my generation is this is how they're making names for themselves i mean the streaming community youtubing community podcasting community um it, it's it's really getting bigger and bigger at this point. And at the end of the day, it's like people will listen. It's almost like sports radio. People will listen to the exact same content recycled through, but they want to hear the different flavor and the different personality. And it gets to a point where people are just listening to you guys because the subject matter is cool. Awesome. But they're there for you guys to be a part of that. That's the great thing about it is we've got a new episode every week. So it gives us something new to talk about, but then it's also fun. Um, 
Ryan initially, when the first, when the show started, was doing a lot of the editing and editing in the skits and the sound effects and things like that. And that's the thing that we've really that's that's probably the biggest thing I enjoy about it is crafting crafting a show out of another show (laughs) and having fun with it. And I feel like especially early on, I think we've, we've kind of gotten a little lazy here lately, but, but especially early on, there was a a lot of production stuff that was going on. But, Um, but I think thankfully we've, we've been able to back off from that as we've kind of established ourselves in the mm -hmm. dynamic. But, but yeah, I mean, it was, intense oh yeah i mean if you go back to the pilot episode ethan and i get into a gunfight (laughs) like real guns yeah Yeah. and (laughs) ethan died no you died did i die you died maybe i died yeah you're right i did both both of us have died because we revisited that a couple of seasons later but anyway gotcha Uh okay well um yeah that's that's a really cool thing that you guys are able to do. And as I said, you know, before I haven't listened to it admittedly because it's just, why would, I mean, why, why would you really listen to it? Well, yeah, that's, you, you keep talking about it being a very niche kind of show and it really is because compared to Age of Geek where we have so much. It's broad. Yeah, there's a lot of subject matter, just all geek related stuff. So people um, that have varying interests can tune in and listen to right. that. Uh, at the same time, maybe it also suffers because we're not specific enough. Yeah. And so, you know, there's plenty of other content about that where a drive back the night, it's right there on is, no, I've checked, there is nothing else out there talking about this TV show. So if you want to listen to something that talks about Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda, we're it, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're there. Yeah. yeah. And that's cool that you've been able to kind of, what was what the saying, coin the market or whatever, or coin the, coin Co- the, ter- corner coin, of the market. Corner, corner yeah. of the market. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of cool you've been able to coin do that. Coin the market to corner a term. I don't, okay. You guys are freaking boomers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just, but no, that, that is really cool that you guys have been able to, to kind of rein that in and you're going to inherently have traffic, you know, and, and I've seen that. I, I checked and I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, a few years ago when you started, it was like, oh, that's a cool, that's a cool idea. That's awesome. We're able to do that. I, I support that even though I'm not going to listen to it. And then I checked the other day and it's like 10,000 listens. What? Oh, it's about to pass Age of Geek. I'm like, wow, okay. 66 episodes of Drive Back the Night versus almost 100 now of Age of Geek, and it's only been around uh, half the time yeah. Age of Geek has been around. Which, yeah. that's always exciting whenever you see, whenever you question the process. You're like, man, like, I, for me personally, and you know, I do a lot of, I've been doing uh, pretty much recording content full-time the past four or five months yeah and you know it'll be late at night sometimes and i'm like man why do i even do this mm-hmm. and um, i'm at there and then you know the next day it might be a video that got me 40 40 or 50 views you know yeah. at first like the first day it's like that's why i do it yeah. is because for 50 people watched this the first day it came out and i'm a nobody you know what i mean so it's always a an exciting feeling and <clears throat> I didn't really know we were going to be talking about and it's talking about this that and, much, well but. and 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 for you especially because you know that mean that really does mean something that means money long term yeah um but even if it didn't have the monetary aspect to it I, I know what you're talking about because I was very concerned with numbers when we first got started with drive back the night and with age of geek and you you have a lot of those nights where you're like why am I even bothering yeah. with this and then it then you get a few years down the line and you see the payoff yeah. 
and it's yeah, it's very rewarding. Well, and you get people um, sending you. We, well, we we don't we don't put out a podcast for a while, and then you start getting people sending money and emails. Yeah, talking about how much they appreciate what you're doing. Where are you guys at? We want to hear from you. Yeah, and it, it's it's humbling, and it's also very encouraging because you know we never set out to make money doing yeah. this and we're still not i mean you know Definitely the donations no. that, that probably, we get yeah. it, it helps out with the production of the show but it's it's really what it means more than sure. than how much it how much we profit from it yeah. um but so there have been times when we've really started to go into a deep pod fade gone months without putting out a drive back the night we get some of these donations and some of these emails and we're like okay this, this is this, this is why we do right. it. Right. So yeah. and then we get back on it. And I'm very much of the mind too. Like I have always been a, a performer, you know. You guys have known me for a long time. We used to be in a band together, you know, which I think we still technically are. We never had a true breakup. But um, one of those Ethan, you, Ethan quit. I quit. Oh yeah. Well screw you, dude. And and then and then your dad quit. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Okay, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> Anyways, we're all, you know, there's a sense of vanity and there's a sense of uh, a desire to perform. And for me, you know, I figured out that, you know, Ethan, I used to be on your show quite a bit. Yeah. I was on there a lot, actually. Yeah, quite a bit. I yeah. didn't even realize how much I was on there. It was a period of uh, 2013 and 14. Yeah. You were... You were a regular. Yeah, it was on the like show. a co-host of sorts. Really, I mean, yeah. it's kind of what it felt like, and that was that was a really cool time because I was to me it was just fun. Then I didn't realize it was going to take, and I bet you didn't either. You're yeah. So now we find ourselves in a position where we each have our own shows. We're kind of it's a similar not not style. It's a similar style of show with different content. Yeah. And, um, well, you you have your own voice. Yeah. And that's what I've always felt about Age of Geek is it's had its own voice. Uh, I, I, I at times have questioned whether or not I should keep the show going because there's so much geek content out there. Yeah. But then when I hear one of our shows, if, if I've got it going on my radio while I'm at work, I'm thinking, hey, you know, I, I got to keep this going because yeah. it's its own thing. Right. You know, yeah, maybe I'm talking about what 10,000 other podcasts are talking about, but it's my take on it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just enough of a narcissist. That I want to keep it going. That I want to keep it going. Yeah, I'm the same way too. And I've always said from the beginning, you know, and this is kind of what I was getting at with my point to begin with was... Sorry to cut you off. No, no, it's fine. I'd rather have 10 dedicated people that absolutely love my show, never miss an episode, than have 100 who just kind of like, eh, whatever. You know, like, yeah, okay, I'll be a part of that community. I want people that like want to be in this with me because it's like, no, I'm like, like I want to do this. So um, join me. You know what I mean? Like, join me and, like, let's make this happen. Let's talk about stuff we all... Together. together the galaxy. That's exactly right. Which kind of gets us... We'll segue that. We're here to talk about you just couldn't resist, could no. you? I was thinking the exact same thing, and I was like, that'd be a real dad joke thing to do, and I'm not a dad, but Ethan, thank God for you. Thank God for you, Peter Parker. <laughs> um, We're here to talk about Star Wars, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, this is... Uh, Ethan sent me a text. He's like, yeah, I think, uh, you know, talking about the Mandalorian and a stare of Star Wars discussion would be good. And I'm like, stare? Yeah, that, that, that sounds pretty cool. I like that. And he's like, oh, state. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's even better. So we just got out of our – you guys got out of your second viewing of Rise of Skywalker. Yes, we did. Ethan's got some stuff to say. I'm sure Ryan's got some stuff to say. I basically just kind of want to be the buffer in this discussion in a lot of ways and kind of – 
deflect you know some of that stuff you know not deflect but just kind of add to the discussion this isn't really meant to be argumentative in any sort of way because we're just going to be talking about the skywalker saga and what star wars means for us in general and where what we want to see moving forward and where we're at with star Wars. so you want to be the creamy filling of the oreo sandwich of this discussion that's right that's right i don't know if that's appropriate or not i mean i'm can (laughs) i almost said something really weird but yeah let's keep going (laughs) So let's just get this. Are we the oatmeal cookies mm. of your cream? Moving <laughs> <laughs> oh, on. Oh, Ryan, I've missed you. Okay, so Rise of Skywalker. This is my third viewing, gentlemen. I'm going to see it again tomorrow. My last will be my last viewing tomorrow. I am a huge Star Wars fan. Huge. Now, I am a different type of Star Wars fan. Than probably both of you. Because I feel like... I've said this from the beginning. You can't blanket statement Star Wars. Because it means so many different things to so many different people. So if one person gets a particular thing out of it that maybe you don't get the exact same feeling or don't feel the exact same way, you're never going to agree. It's never going to happen. You're, you, know, you will never agree on the same level because... Some things might be a bigger deal to some people over some things. Do you guys agree with that? Oh, yeah. Well, and think about it. I mean, we come from a time where the only Star Wars you could talk about was three movies. Yeah. That's it. So you either liked it or you didn't. Right. And that meant you liked all of Star Wars or you didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't really people that were delineating between the three movies. Oh, yeah, yeah everybody agreed Empire was the best. Right. And some people didn't like Return of the Jedi as much because of Ewoks. That's the most we could agree or disagree. That was, that was like, all right, well, big gulps, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> See you later. Yeah, so it was really hard to have a broad conversation about Star Wars. Right. Then the EU comes along. Then we get the prequels. Now, now we have cartoons. Right. And now we have this trilogy. Now we're here. And so there is a lot more to Star Wars to have a conversation about. And a lot of people are going to get the ruffle, get their feathers ruffled about some things as opposed to others. Right. So I'm just going to let you guys know, for me... <clears throat> I love it all. I don't see anything to me uh, looking at it, you know, objectively is like the best thing ever. Cause we know these stories could never happen in real life. The things that are unlogical or non-logical or don't make sense sometimes aren't really that big of a deal to me because of the subject matter. Now that may be unfair to say, because I will also turn around and say that there's certain things about these stories that make me think about my own life. Whereas some people want an escape from real life whenever they, they watch these movies. So that being said, I just want you guys to know that I pretty much love it all, but there are certain aspects that I like less. For me, the worst part of Star Wars is Clone Wars and Phantom Menace. It's always going to be those. But I still, the things that are cool in those movies, I still really love. And I'm appreciating certain things that I didn't like about them more now than I did even just a few years ago just because of um, uh, less ignorance because of learning more about what had happened during you know what had happened with the Trade Federation and you know uh, really like the Clone Wars is probably actually the most fascinating time period to me um, in Star Wars history so I just want to let you guys know that that being said we find ourselves at the end of a nine movie saga um where are we at with it? What did you guys think of, of Rise of Skywalker after a second viewing? Because the first time, you can't even really stick to your guns the first time because you miss so much. Um, I'm going to say 
my opinion of the Rise of Skywalker actually changed. Uh, it was different from the first viewing and the second viewing. The first viewing, I liked it. And then after coming out of the second viewing, I really liked it. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Okay. Ethan. Is it my turn? It's your turn now. Here we go. No, I like it. It's it's no, it's good. I mean, without getting into the the guts of it, you and I, Gabe, have had a lot of back and forth about Last Jedi. It's true. And if you just took those text conversations for what they were, you would see two people that were in totally different corners totally. as far as the state of Star Wars. Yeah, totally. Uh, you are very high on it. Always have been. Mm-hmm. I respect you for that. I told sure. you that. Um, you stuck to your guns. I uh, felt very badly about the state of Star Wars after The Last Jedi came out. And that has stuck with me for a couple of years. While well, we've That's the last movie that we had really to, yeah. to focus on. Besides Solo. And mm-hmm. it is what it is. It's good when you're in the mood for it. Sure. It but has its place. It has its place, yeah. Now we have Rise of Skywalker. And just before Rise of Skywalker, we had Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Mandalorian has done a lot to salvage my attitude towards Star Wars. Uh, I have loved that television show. Um, now we have Rise of Skywalker. I watched it the first time. It was good for what it did. I've watched it the second time. My opinion of the movie itself has come up a bit. I think it's a better movie than what I initially thought it was. And again... It has taken all of the things that I looked at as being negatives towards Star Wars and has kind of flipped them just a little bit into the positive. So that when we reach the end of the Skywalker saga and this new trilogy, I'm okay with Star Wars. I'm good. And I'm, and I'm hopeful for what's to come. Yeah. Uh, that said, you know, all of, our, all of our main characters are gone with the exception of Chewie, R2, and C-3PO. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only three originals we're left with. Yeah. Orlando, but I mean... He's on his way out. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, with those three characters, if they do another trilogy on into the future, and Ray and Finn and Poe are the central characters to that, I'm going to watch them because I am a Star Wars fan. But I'm definitely not going to be as invested. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just... Yeah, that's how I view it. So while I am hopeful for the future of Star Wars, I'm really hopeful that they do more with stories like The Mandalorian. Take us off in a different direction, a different part of the galaxy. Yeah, tell us tell us some other stories. Yeah, Mandalorian is Star Wars, but it's not. I agree with that. It I very place, much agree with that. It's it's in a Star Wars universe. You have to be familiar with Star Wars to, to understand what's going on yes. as far as uh, the setting. Um, who are all of these people dressed in these white yeah. uniforms and right. and everything? And, and why? Yeah, yeah, like why is this all happening? Right, but it doesn't. It doesn't really tie into the story of Star Wars, at least not at this point. No, but it definitely is the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, as a fan of the old EU, the expanded universe. I mean, I just immersed myself in that world. Yeah that was built and this very much feels like that world that I was immersed in back in the 90s and early 2000s 
yeah, and that's my thing too. Is Mandalorian? I, Ryan hit it on the head. It's like I never once felt like I wasn't in Star Wars whenever we are in the man, you know, watching the Mandalorian. However, however, it's I, I very much hold it to the same standard as reading some of these side stories and like these comic books and things like that. It's very much like it still matters to me. I like it. I think it's good. It doesn't hold as much weight for me as far as the the main saga goes because there is an there's an emotional and you know someone tweeted out the other day like set episode seven or eight and eight are the best thing to put out um you know that star wars has put out in the past five years or whatever and i'm sorry i just can't agree with that because i would say it's as good it's definitely as good and has added other elements to um the overall idea of what star wars is now and I think it's definitely as it, – it's very much as good, maybe a little bit not better, but it that's that's where I'm staying on. It's, it's, it's as good. Every bit is as good as the new movies that we have gotten. But there is an emotional attachment that I don't have to The Mandalorian, the characters. And honestly, I think that's why I can have such a high opinion of it is because – my opinion with the movies, especially the newest prequel or the newest sequel, rather, uh, dropped my opinion of Star Wars because of where it was taking the characters in the overall story arc. Because I didn't agree with where they went with it. I don't. I'm not writing it, so I mean, I yeah. can't really gripe about well, it. Well, yeah, at this and point. That, that's the thing. Yeah. But Mandalorian was something that I could come to cold, and it got me interested. And I was I felt invested in it. It very much felt to me. I, I put it right up there with Rogue One for me, um, as far as like impact. Um, which I love Rogue One. I think Rogue One is probably, uh, aside from Rise of Skywalker, probably my favorite newest Star Wars movie that's come out as a whole movie, whole experience. And I like Mandalorian every bit as that. Now, if you you know if we if we didn't have Rise of Skywalker now, Mandalorian was over, it would definitely be over the Last Jedi because, um, I've said lots of things about the Last Jedi on this sh on this show before, and I don't want this to turn into a Last Jedi discussion. But we all know as a whole movie, come on, Gabe, let's go. It's not great. Let's go. Throw it's, down. It, it's not great. Come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the movie itself is not is not structurally good. Wow. It's not. Wow, that's. Huh, okay. I've watched the movie six times in the past year okay and each time i come away from away from it i've realized all the character stuff is what absolutely made me love that movie everything with luke skywalker ben and ray which for the most part has carried over pretty nicely into this new movie everything else got thrown away and i'm fine with that because crate is probably my favorite part of that movie canto bite as much as i've defended it was mostly just to troll people um and it's not good. I, I mean, knew yeah. I knew you the, didn't like Canto Bite. No, Canto Bite's bad. Canto Bite's bad. The plot is not good. But all the character stuff, the main character stuff, Ben and Ray, and really, like, I, I have a different opinion of Luke Skywalker. You know, like, for, I always wanted to know what happened to Luke and his friends. And it seemed like a very logical explanation for what would have happened to him. But, but I never got to see anything else you know so for me it was like going in cold turkey it was like yeah this makes sense i accept this i'm not necessarily happy about it but i think it's good for the story well you got a story without reading exactly 
and I, I can see why people that like Ryan here that doesn't read books, I can see where this would appeal to them. Yes. Because they get a continuance of the story right. without having to invest a lot of time in now, it. Now, I know where you're going with this. Because yeah. that being said, now that the Skywalker saga is over, this is kind of where I'm at with Star Wars, which, and I love Rise of Skywalker, by the way. It's my in my top three, for sure. Um, above The Last Jedi, just so you know. Empire, Rise of Skywalker, Last Jedi. Um, where I'm at with Star Wars now is like, great, cool, Skywalkers are done. Ray is cool. She's BA, whatever. Okay, I'm ready to go back and see what all this hubbub was about 20 years ago. I'm ready to go back and find every comic I can possibly read. All of these legends, all of these Clone Wars stuff. There is a plethora of Clone Wars, X-Wing, Rogue Squadron comics. There's Knights of the Old Republic. There's all this lore out there that I'm, I want to know. I want to know. Because well, here's the deal. Some of it is going to become canon. There's too much source material out there for them to be like, well, what are we going to do? There's so much for them to tell. Well, you can say that there were bits and pieces parsed into the current, the, sure. the modern trilogy, yeah, I would too. say that, especially the stuff with the Emperor and stuff like yeah. that. So now, going back into it, you know, there is a book, you know, the Thrawn trilogy is what kicks off the expanded universe. I'm in the middle of that right now. And I see, I already see where a lot of the contention from quote unquote hardcore Star Wars fans comes from. I really do. By the way, if you hear stuff rattling in the background, it's my dog. Um, it's a very big dog. It is a very big dog. She looks like, I was thinking whenever I saw Chewie again today, I was like, that looks like Chewie. Like, that looks like my dog. <laughs> like the hair and everything. But... Luke is in a very different place in the expanded universe versus these new movies that we get. And I could see why a lot of people would be disappointed with the way Luke has been treated. I don't think they ever really wanted him to die because, to my knowledge, he never did die in the expanded universe. Correct? Still alive. Yeah. So I understand that. But we didn't get that. That's not what we got. We got a new, different way to tell the story, which I overall am very happy with. Where, where do you, Ryan? You've been pretty quiet. Seems like you've been analyzing a lot of the stuff I've been talking about. Where do you? I kind of dozed off for a minute. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, what was the question again? Where do you stand, like with? At this point, where do you stand with Star Wars? What are you? Are you looking forward to anything? Are you content with it? Do you want more? Are you wanting to go back? Like, what's going on? It's a slippery slope, man. Because, on one hand, um, I'm happy with where we have ended here at this point. At the same time, there's also been some times where I was not happy with where it seemed we were heading. And so, and, and that's been every step along the way. Uh, going back to what Ethan was talking about earlier, when we were kids, when we were growing up, all we had was the original trilogy. And I never realized how much of a Star Wars fan I was at that time. Um I guess until I started talking about it on podcasts, uh, I was considered myself more of a Star Trek guy, but I always knew Star Wars. I knew that universe, um, just from the movies. I never read any of the books. Um, and then they started coming out with the prequels and I was super excited about it. I saw each of those prequels once each after having had the original trilogy pretty much memorized verbatim, I knew all of those scripts. I could quote them with the best of them. And then the prequels, when they came out, I saw each of them once. It wasn't until leading up to The Force Awakens 
that I went back and rewatched all those original or the prequel trilogies again. And so this latest trilogy has kind of jump started um, my interest in catching up with the Star Wars universe again. And so I'm thankful for that. And now here we are at the end of this final trilogy. And I'm looking back, I'm realizing why I only watched that original, or the, I keep saying the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy. I only watched it through one time. And they were just, they were bad movies. The best of them is Return, uh, Revenge of the Sith. And I still don't think it's as good as most of the other six. Um, that being said, now looking from episode one all the way to episode nine, I love the story that we get all the way through. There were some pretty bad missteps as far as how we got from point A to point Z. Um, part of it was bad storytelling, bad directing, bad acting, but that stuff doesn't change the story. And so if you just step back at it and look at the story, I love where we are ending now, especially with as good of a movie as The Rise of Skywalker was to me personally. This is a great place to end. Do we want to go ahead and go forward and make more? Well, then you run the risk of going back and making some bad movies again. And so it, I'm glad it's not up to me. I can put my opinion out there, but Disney have people, Disney has people that they're going to make this decision. They're not going to care about what I say. Um, so, yeah, I, I would assume they're probably going to make more. I hope that they're good. Your, your daughter, when we got out to the car after watching Rise of Skywalker. He's this, pointing at me. This, this, uh, yeah, Ryan. Yeah. yeah, Gabe doesn't have a kid yet. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, she asks, is that the last Star Wars movie? And we jokingly said, yep, no more. We're done. I, honestly, I think nobody in this room believes that Disney's going to stay away from the box office going forward. They are absolutely going to make more movies. Oh, yeah. There's, they're making way too much money. Yeah. But I think they are going to be a lot more cautious about what you're talking about, the missteps. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think we're going to see something vastly different. And maybe it won't be... It'll be new enough that people won't view it contentiously. Well, and I think I think we're getting a little bit of that with the TV shows they're going to be coming out with too. That's your hitting you're hitting what I was going to go for right on the head. So if it were up if we're up to me cuz you know there's some executive I, I really feel like these new executives we're getting I don't think they're guys in their 50s making calling the shots. I think it's like a group of you know relatively young people that are having these sales pitches, you know, basically, and like throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what the president is going to agree to, you know, is, is what it, because a lot of these ideas feel really, you know, young ish. And if it were me, it would be like, yeah, Rise of Skywalker opens up so many stories to tell. Who's Zori? Who's this unnamed, you know, uh, stormtrooper that's like Finn? What are we going to see with Finn? Is Finn ever going to do anything with the Force? Here's what I would like to see. We, we all know they're not. They're going to make more movies. They're going to make movies. They're going to make shows. They're about to go full MCU with this thing because it's going to. It's genius. It, it's, it, Star Wars is better than the MCU to me. It means more. 
It always has. And someone made the argument, the MCU told the co cohesive story within 22 movies. It's like, okay, yeah, we didn't get 22 Star Wars movies. We got nine. So um, what's your point? You know what I mean? But we could have 20 Star Wars movies. Um, I'd be down with it. I personally would like to see... Here's what I want to see. Well, I want... we have 11 Star Wars movies. Right. And I feel like the two outside of the trilogy in many ways gave us more than some of the some of the nine movies that are in the Skywalker trilogy, really. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. I, w I agree with that. I'll, I'll, and I did not like Rogue One the first time I watched it because I was distracted. But the second time I loved it, I'm like, how could I hate this movie? Holy crap. It's just, it's good. Um, I would like to see, uh, uh, we mentioned this before, there's too much in the expanded universe for them to not tell stories with that. And they're bringing more and more of that stuff to be canon now. Like, they keep picking and choosing. Like, they came out and said Boba Fett's not dead, you know, a while back. I keep adding stuff from these legends, quote-unquote, making it canon. I feel like they had to erase all the stuff. That way they could pick and choose after seven, eight years what they wanted to say, yes, that really happened. Because we can t we can make money off this story. And there's, so, there's a lot of stories I would like to see. I think it would be cool to have a Knights of the Old Republic movie series, a self-contained trilogy, three only, of Knights of the Old Republic, that would be awesome. You want? You feel like you want to say something? Well, I was going to say there again. They're going to have a problem with that because you had how many thousands of people that got into Knights of the Old Republic, the online game, and there's a lot of universe building that happened in that game. Yeah, that's true. And if they come to it trying to continue or build off of those stories, I think you're going to have a lot of people that were invested in their character in that universe they're going to say oh this doesn't feel right and you're, you're going to have that same fandom issue again it's you're true gonna but have that. you're going to have that anyway you're, no matter no, what you you're do right. and it's not just Star Wars I mean it's, it's anything how many times have they do they completely rework comic book characters every five or three I mean, or four or five years yeah you, you go so far with it and then you kill Superman and now you bring him back and it's a totally different story and then they start coming out with movies and it's it's always different there's I'm I did not read the comic books. I'm, I know a lot of people who have read the comic books, the Marvel, um, may have may take issue with a lot of the choices that were made for in the MCU movies because uh, it's not the comic book that they read. Yeah, yeah. So, I that. so yeah, now I, what I, you no, have here, you could look at it and say, well, they're doing all this new stuff that's not my Star Wars, or you could look at it and say, well, the EU or the Legends was that was one telling. Of what happened in this universe now we're taking that on a different trajectory we're telling a different story in this same yeah uh universe well but but all I'm, that having brought that up uh i will say if you give me a live action darth malik or darth nellis or darth or revan. darth revan yes please yeah i'm, I'm in i'm yeah. all in i think we all are and that's what i'm saying is ryan makes a really good point because i mean i'll be reading batman comics where they just pick and choose, it's like, oh yeah, like this is a something that happened in the main storyline of this time. Like almost every major Batman comic references um, Bane breaking Batman's back, you know. But it's not such a big thing that they have to retell it and Wait, focus on it. Darth Bane or no? Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Ba yeah, yeah, yeah. Bane. Yeah. Okay, wrong. The fire, wrong series. The fire rises. <laughs> um, but i just i'm at a point now where i think my star wars fandom is is bigger than it's ever been and i want to see him do it all because I, I like it all i really have no i have no big issues 
where I'm in it for the heart and the entertainment aspect. To me, it's like, I don't know. I want to, I want to say something, but it's not going to come out right. So I'm not going to. Well, but, I, and I was going to look at Ryan and say, well, I mean, yeah, you say your fandom is bigger than ever. He's wearing a baby Yoda hat. That's right. I mean, <laughs> you, you don't get much more fanboy than what Gabe has given us right I, now. I got Luke on Endor socks on. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, look at him. Look at his beautiful face. Yeah, there See you that? go. A little so, scrunched up there. But. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I don't, I don't understand fans that come at these new stories being completely unreasonable. I'm not talking about you, Ethan. No, well, I, I would like to address that because there is a lot of talk right now about toxic fandom. Or the fandom menace. I, yeah. <laughs> You've heard that I, first? Yeah, I have. And I yeah. think that the Star Wars community is probably the most toxic fan base on the face of the it, earth. It, yeah, and I feel like we can't have this discussion without addressing that Have you ever second. met Raiders fans? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Um, don't, don't check your email, Gabe, after yeah, that one. No kidding. So, uh, yeah, the, the fandom has been very vitriolic at times, especially in the last couple of years. I was in that camp, I felt like, from Force Awakens through Last Jedi. And now, because because they've made some adjustments, from listening to the fan, the fan base and the outcries, I, I feel like they've corrected, and so I can definitely put myself in, the, in the, the positive camp now. But I totally get people that have fallen away and, and don't... If you don't like it, Go to something else. Yeah. Don't um, stick around. I don't understand why people are hanging around now. Yeah. That are in such, that just hate it. Yeah. And just want to continue hating on it. I mean, they're consumed by the dark side. It's true. And it's there's no reasoning with those people because nine out of ten of them cannot give you a logical, articulated response as to why they don't like it. Or if they can, I can usually poke holes in exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, true. that's the same way for me too. Mm-hmm. You I know? mean, you know, coming back to it again, you and I have had a lot of arguments over the Last Jedi. Some of them somewhat heated. Many. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, you and I are both entertained by Star Wars. Yeah, we love and it, and so we can still consider ourselves to be fans. Totally. So you know, at some point, and I said this to you, at some point you have to say, "Let's move on." Yeah. No, I agree. The with story that. has moved on. Let's move on with it. Well, and you know, I think there is a level of some some people like where I was where I was with the Last Jedi as I saw how pissed everybody got, and I was like, "This is hilarious," because I loved it. You know, like the good parts of it. To me, it just felt like one of the prequels. The stuff that I really liked about it, I loved it, and that made that that doesn't make the movie good, but it makes the experience good for me. Whereas a lot of people went the other way with it. So that's fine. But yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Like at the end of the day, whether you're for it or against it, if you're against it, move on. Like go to something else. Don't stick around and ruin my experience. And if you can articulate a way to argue with me, at least hear my side of it too. Because you're everybody thinks what they're doing is the right thing and everyone thinks that what they think is the best thing yeah become a become a modern star trek fan <laughs> have fun with those continuity sure. issues yeah no kidding <laughs> i've i've heard legends of such tales <laughs> yeah. yeah don't get us started on that yeah this no is a star kidding. wars discussion yeah this is a star wars discussion um so as far as you know rise of skywalker goes do we see any glaring issues and i'll go first here and that's not even really an issue, but I think this is one that people are going to have. And I've seen on the internet, I've seen on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. 
do we see any glaring issues? I, I found after a third watching, I have two things that don't bug me, but I could see where they would bug people. And it's somewhat nitpicky. One, and I'm going to kind of give my explanation why it doesn't really bother me a ton. One, Palpatine has a son, question mark. Okay. And Darth Plagueis, my brother-in-law Caleb brought this out to me the other day. We'll be releasing our review of it here pretty soon. And Darth Plagueis, Palpatine is actually kind of depicted as somewhat of a playboy. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be entirely out of the question for him to... At right, even right up to his rise of power during that time, after especially after he's killed Plagueis and he's the only Sith in the ring at that point, feeling a little froggy. Even you talked about you're going through the the comic series Heir to the Empire. Yeah, in that Thrawn trilogy in the books, which I have read, even Mara Jade, one of the key characters that come into the expanded universe, she loves him. Yeah, she loves Palpatine. Yeah. And eludes in flashbacks in the novel that she talks about. She eludes the fact that he had a, a bit of a... Swagger? A, a swagger and, well, a little bit of a harem. And so, yeah, he Palpatine has always had that opportunity to have an illegitimate child. Yeah. And if we're looking at this timeline correctly, I mean, wouldn't it be before the fall? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so it makes perfect so, sense. Yeah, that's when he was still that's relatively was, good looking. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense to me. So to that to that person to or the, people yeah. that you're talking about, calm down. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, it's not entirely out of the question. If you're such a big Star Wars fan, why don't you go digging, you know, and come up with iron? Because I don't have a problem with it. And it even proves the point that if he figured out like, oh, crap, I have a granddaughter <laughs> and she could totally come and wreck me. I gotta, I gotta kill this hoe. You know what I mean? Is probably what he would be thinking. It would make total sense. And now, Palpatine, I, I love him in this movie because he's true to form. He's exhausted all of his tricks. We've seen all of his tricks, and he's such a, you know, like a snap judgment person. Like, oh crap, this has opened up. I gotta, I gotta take advantage of this situation right now based on this thing that's happened. Go ahead. What, what I really look forward to is the robot chicken. Yeah, or Family Guy. <laughs> or family Guy take <laughs> yeah. on when Palpatine learns he's going to be a dad. Yeah. yeah. I, what if it's Peter and he's like, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I'm down. Uh, I, I, see that, I see why someone would be, I see why an ignorant person. And ignorance isn't bad. Ignorance is just you're not cultured and you don't understand because you haven't, you know, you're not as devout as I am is basically what it is and that's fine go digging and figure it out for yourself and if you have a solid argument let's hear it email us i'm down second thing actually i have two more things after this second thing people are like oh palpatine got thrown down the pillar of the pillar of plasma and exploded blah blah, blah. riddle me this bro darth maul got cut in half got cut in half and it says his hatred is what kept him alive who has the most hatred out of anyone ever palpatine so is it too incredibly and we've we've heard before palpatine obviously knows how to do things that no one else knows how to do is it so crazy to believe that he could have cocooned, cocooned himself in some sort of force shield that still really hurt him but kept him alive. Well, and I've also heard the, the, the counter argument that in Empire Strikes Back, the, the Luke fell down a shaft. Yeah. And survived. Yeah. Uh, the argument with those is that we got to see Luke fall down the shaft and saw him save himself. Yes. He pushes himself into the, right. the tube and he pops out underneath the city. Okay. 
why is it inconceivable to think that Palpatine couldn't do the same thing? Did exactly. he have a knee replacement after that? I know we saw his he got the robotic hand, but yeah, I would imagine falling on that. Probably. It probably skinned him up pretty good. Yeah. I would yeah, think. Yeah. Probably really hurt him. I but I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Do you see I mean, do you see the argument? Sure. I mean, but at the same because, time, because JJ doesn't tell us how he sure. is saved, it just we know that he was because he's there, and and I, okay, I understand why people might get their feathers ruffled over that, but if you think about the Star Wars universe, it's not unprecedented. Exactly, and it's happened. And, and you know what? I I was the same way. I had a real problem with Darth Maul showing up in Solo, and in you know the the animated series too, in Rebel Rebels and uh, Clone, Clone Wars. <laughs> And you're either going to hang on to your hate or you're just going to let it go and go along with it. And say it's a freaking story about space, about space wizards, right? (laughs) And laser swords. Yeah. Okay. So we're on the same page with that one. And not to mention that it happened already once before in the EU. Yes. Okay. There's that. Palpatine is risen. He's like the comic book character, the ultimate comic book character. He's like the Thanos. He's the big baddie. Ryan, I have to say, what you said on uh, The Age of Geek, which, by the way, everyone, if you haven't subscribed to Cafe Cinema or Cafe Cinema slash Age of Geek slash um, Drive Back the Night, go check them out. Give them a listen. Snap yeah, Snap Judgment. There's there's lots of good stuff on there. Ryan, you said one of the smartest things I've ever heard about Star Wars. Oh, I'm frightened. Whenever you said that the Sith are so strong and so powerful and are so good because there's only two of them okay. to share the dark side. And really, when you think about it, the dark side is really kind of harder to learn how to use because you have to get to a certain point to get there. Except that Clone Wars and Rebels and a lot of this other stuff that is canon has already demonstrated there's way more dark side users than just the two Sith. Okay, put a pin in it. Okay. We're talking about the movies. Okay. Okay. So from the movie standpoint... If nobody ever watched that stuff, we're gonna take it from that perspective. But I, I see where you're going with okay, it. Okay. Okay. But I like, I like where I like that discussion. But from a movie standpoint, it would make sense that since there's only two, and now Sidious being the only one that we know of, especially in Rise of Skywalker, that's the strongest Force user we've ever seen ever. Do, do you guys agree? Yeah, all told. Mm-hmm. Palpatine is definitely, from start to finish, the worst bad guy. The worst bad guy. And, I mean, at that point, I've never seen a demonstration of the Force used that way before as what he does in The Rise of Skywalker. It's pretty awesome. So I just wanted to... Well, and I love the fact that he alludes to it in Revenge of the Sith. I mean, he he tips his hat right there. He's dabbling in things that are unnatural. Yes. So, of course, he's trying to extend his life by unnatural means. By unnatural means. So it makes perfect sense by the time we get to Rise of Skywalker. For him to still be alive. Exactly. And I really think that J.J., because J.J. wrote The Force Awakens, and he's part writer. There's four or five writers for The Rise of Skywalker. I really think he always meant for Palpatine to be the, the main baddie. I don't believe that, but that's fine. That's fine. We, we don't have to talk that about over. it. That's what they claim. I don't know if I'm supposed to believe it or not. I, I kind of wish that there was something that you could tie a thread to in one of the other two movies. Something definitive? Yeah. And unless you're going to say it, like, you're Snoke not going to know showed up in You're not going to know at all until you see The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. That's what would be great. And then you could be like oh, so that's what the thing, what the thing was. Yeah, that's uh-huh. I, I really think that if and I will fully say this, had J.J. had all three movies and written all three movies, I 100% believe you can't end Star Wars 
and not have the emperor be the big baddie. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Who the hell is Snoke? Who cares? So it would make sense to me, show Snoke in Force Awakens, have him still be the main baddie in Rise of Skywalker, or in uh, Last Jedi, or whatever it would have been in JJ's mind. Then at the beginning of this one, focus more on that aspect, maybe have him be on Exicle, and Kylo Ren maybe kills him no problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is just what if, hearsay, and then we realize, oh, yeah, he's been being puppeted by Palpatine the whole time. I would have loved that. Now, can we all just talk about for a second the name Exegol? Could there have been a better uh, name? I don't like it. I don't like that. Corbin, maybe? Yeah, it's because that's the Sith. That's like the <laughs> that's Sith planet. In the EU, in now, the EU yeah, right, yeah. 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 So why, why couldn't it have been? Eh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm like, I'm in the theater and I'm like looking at him and I'm like, Egg-sickle? I'm like, egg, egg sickle. That's horrid. That is absolutely horrid. So, yeah, no, not a fan of that. Love the planet. Love the idea. Fully believe that that's probably a good a good reason why maybe the Emperor is, is so strong in let's the movie. Just, let's just retcon it right here. Let's just call it Corbin and be done with okay, it. Okay, it's yeah. Corbin. So, long getting back to it, the Emperor, why he's still alive and surviving it, I don't, I won't argue with you on it. Uh, any anybody any of the listeners not gonna argue with on it you're wrong sorry any thoughts on that gentlemen ryan you look like you really want to say something no i don't i'm right there with you okay good um, good yeah. good, good. I'm, I'm satisfied with it's not it's not unprecedented that we have things that we just don't know yeah we do, even in this this i guess if we're going to focus on this latest trilogy i mean there's a lot of things that we just don't know we don't know what happened after after the Battle of Endor, we don't know how the First Order really came to be. We don't know um, what are the circumstances surrounding um, Ray's heritage. So mm-hmm. I have, yeah, I have knowledge from what I found on my um, ventures into the internet for lore of what is how the First Order came to be. So the First Order is part of the, the New Republic. Hmm. Just the same way that Leia was. And whenever the New Republic started to do things that Leia wasn't crazy about, she started the Resistance. Sounds familiar. Yes. Does sound familiar. So the First Order ended up being the militant force similar in the same vein as what the clones were to wipe out that Resistance or Rebellion. Ah. So that is what I have found. Um, it, would, I, it would have been helpful if they had if delved they had that. freaking talked about it? Yeah. yeah. Give us a little more on that. Yeah. Because, Do you like that? Uh, sure. If that's the uh, if that was the explanation and if it was given in the movie, I would absolutely love I would love this trilogy more if they told us why things existed. Right. And that's the thing that I felt was missing from the get-go from Force Awakens forward. We don't really understand how the galaxy works and yeah, you didn't really get a full explanation in the original trilogy. You didn't have to have one, though. Right. There was an empire. There was a rebellion. It was simple. It made sense. Yeah. And the metaphors, there was only a handful of them, really. Like, yeah. the ones that were meant to be sort of blurred or mixed, There's only a handful of them. Whereas this new trilogy, there's such a political agenda, like, with socials. You yeah. Know, like the, the new social yeah. environment is way different now. Yeah, and I don't really want to go into that. No, we but, don't have to. But... but you're making the point. You fast forward 30 years. You know, we had something simple, re- Rebels and, and Empire. 
fast forward 30 years, now what do we have? Oh, well, it's it's not really the things that I recognized from the previous movies. So ex- explain help it. explain it to yeah. me. Yeah, explain it and to me. And I don't feel like we got enough exposition. No, I that does that. that does help to explain if that's what it is, because that's the big question that we have is, why is it that we have these resistance fighters that are supposed to be the New Republic, right? Isn't yeah. that what we're supposed to believe? Yeah, that's, well, that's what I really. think. That's what, that's I what think you think, yeah. Coming right. into it without not, not having yeah. Leia's so, part of Leia's yeah. part of the new. So Republic. why does why does this this new regime that's rising up? Why do they have all the power and all the resources? And and, uh, and hold on, you said that the first order is out of the new republic, but they do say in Force Awakens that the first order came out of the ashes of the empire. Of the empire. So, so that doesn't really make sense to me. But. Is it imperial they, sympathizers that were still in the New Republic? Right. That, that's what I'm saying, too, is they could have said we're willing to be a part. The, the, what's left of the Empire is willing to be a part of a, of a Republic. Oh, so the now. Imperial Remnant joined the New yes. Republic. Okay, well, all right. so that's, again. I wish I would have known that. Yes. Yes. That would have so, been helpful. Had that been the case, though, this Even is my still, thing. we're just speculating. Though. Yeah. True. Well, like I said, this is it's not speculation. This is what no, I've, This is what somebody said on Reddit. So this is canon. <laughs> no, 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 it's not Reddit, but I mean. And, and here is why the fandom gets toxic. It truly is, but if anyone knows, because it's not the only source that I've heard that from. Okay. This has been through months of research. Did it come from J.J. Abrams? No. Did it come from Ryan Johnson? No. So it's it's hearsay. But there are books that you and I have not read. That's true. There's lots of books that you and I have not read. That's true. So that's what leads me to believe that this is probably true. But yeah, you're right. JJ never said it. Ryan never said it. Guess what, though? What's beautiful about Star Wars is I can make believe whatever I want. That's, that is true. And um, I like that. Yeah. Because here's why. If that was the case, it would basically be Palpatine doing exactly what he did the first time again, which would solidify his existence now. Yeah. So, yeah that makes perfect sense. It really does. So... Um, Back to what I was getting. Back to where we go. This is an all-out discussion, gentlemen. This anything goes. Um, I understand where people come from on that. A another thing that I think people are going to have problems with, or a, a big thing that I think people have not enjoyed, have been um, the dagger. It doesn't make any sense. Why would somebody go to the crash landing to make that dagger that way? To detail a clue there, what's the point? Do you guys have any solid basis for this? That's not how I saw it. Yeah, that's not how I saw it either. Mm-mm. Okay, explain to me what you saw. Um, that this Sith sympathizer was carrying this dagger with him and was in search of Ray, and so he needed to have this so he could be able to have uh, to be able to find the location of the Wayfinder. Okay, and, I get that. Okay, and then. He crashes on this desert planet. It's just still there. He goes out to go do his thing, gets stuck in the in the lightning sand, and dies in the tunnel underneath. Is this a spoiler free? Yeah, this uh, is, if you haven't seen Rise of Skywalker, quit listening and unsubscribe <laughs> to me. Oops. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All right, but but yeah, he just he he just has it because he's out flying around. He needs it for uh, navigation, I guess. And that's that's the problem. That right there. Okay. What is the point of the dagger? Who? It's, it's the cipher. Right, but it's for a crash-landed Death Star. 
Yeah. So you're telling me we goonied this thing. Like, they <laughs> went back to the ruins. Somebody went back to the crash landing of the Death Star and carved out that dagger in a specific way to say, hey, man, here's a clue. Not not accounting for 30 years of rot and decay and things could have shifted yes. in that time. And it matches up perfectly? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Why not just bring the guy, if he knows where it is, just bring him there and say, hey, it's over there. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I... I, that's what I'm saying. I don't care. It's like it's it's fun for the movie. Okay. Well, I was gonna say from my from my point of view, I didn't put too much thought into it. Uh, it was a great MacGuffin to allow them to quickly identify where the the navigation the whatever. the holocron the basically. holocron yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, to basically to to quickly identify where it was going to be at. And I was along for the ride. Yeah. And and it didn't. It didn't set off any red flags in my in my opinion. It didn't for me either until someone sent me something about it. Yeah, okay. and I was like, well, now I have to, I have to talk about it now. Well, okay, and that's good. You know what? Because because now that we're looking at it, yeah, maybe maybe there are some plot holes there. But I'm still I'm not up in arms about it about that that yeah compared to other things. Well, it was just so fast. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of they didn't put it wasn't like it wasn't mindless, but at the same time it wasn't made such a big deal it was just so fast i mean it was like a 10 minute deal yeah. you know with the dagger yeah. so whatever i mean why why aren't we talking about where did luke's lightsaber come from <laughs> i mean that's that for me is the biggest yeah. issue i have with all three of these I agree movies with you. now it because they make such a big deal about it yes they in the first in force awakens i'm like i can't wait to get that story yeah. if i gotta buy a book if i gotta rent something to watch uh web short whatever do they still do web shorts Okay. Well, so whatever form that was going to take, I was really looking forward to an answer there. Three movies, no answer. What who the, who got that thing off Bespin? Yeah, I, I'm i right there with you, man. I mean, my thing is maybe Lando, since Bespin is showed in this newest movie. Maybe Lando, because he's obviously in connection with the Resistance. Maybe Lando had his... Lando has lots of things at his disposal, you know, and lore... So maybe they found it and then he gave it to Maz for safekeeping. I don't know. But yeah, I want a definitive answer as well since they've made such a big deal about that saber. What would have been cool is if Quill had handed it to Maz. <laughs> he was on Bespin yeah. as a slave, you know, and then they would have had a nice tie in with Mandalorian there. Yeah. And Star Wars lore. Oh, is that where he was? Was I, Bespin? I, no, I have no idea. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, where did we see Ugnaughts that were slaves? Yeah. Or that were workers. Um, on Bespin. On Bespin. Yeah. Yeah. Empire Strikes Back. That would have been cool. Man, I'm so sad he died. Yeah, I am too. I thought for 100%. Spo spoiler alert. Yeah, for Mandalorian. <laughs> this is a spoiler discussion, so if you don't want to be spoiled on anything Star Wars, get out. Um, or, or too late. Yeah, way too late. <laughs> um, let's talk about Mandalorian for a second. Okay. Just slightly switching gears, and we're going to come back. I mean, we're going to be flipping and flopping all over the place. My ADD's kicking in. That's fine. I'm all over the place here. Yeah, that's fine. That's good. Uh, that's kind of what every episode is like here. So, um, Episode 7 of The Mandalorian, they make such a big deal. They take like five or six minutes talking about that IG unit, about how he's an Earth droid now. That, he was the Chekhov's gun of the last two episodes. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I liked it. I thought for sure that that droid was going to nurse Quill back to life. But it didn't happen that nope. way. Nope. 
he's hard dead. Oh yeah. And that's why episode three and seven are the Mandalor of the Mandalorian are the best for me. Because of Quill. Well, no, episode three, we get possession of the baby after there's finally something to lose. We that's right. That that when the Mandos all come in. Yeah. That was awesome. Episode seven is the first time we ever really lose something. There's weight to it. Yeah. Episode eight for me, it was like, wow, you really have to follow episode seven. Episode eight is very much the return of the Jedi versus the Empire Strikes Back for me, because well, we, I, I I will say they really you you said it in that episode seven we spent some time with that IG unit, and I really I really wanted it to join the crew. I did too. And so we get to the end of eight, and he walks through the lava field and blows himself up, Which, and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that, I would, that had weight for me personally. Well, that's funny. Well, there's what about a, you, Ryan? yeah, the, the the whole storytelling. The way that they, up to this point, all we know is that Mando hates droids. Finally, we get the flashbacks. We see really why he has such a deep-seated hatred for droids. He's getting over it now. He finally has this droid that he he makes a connection. He's like, okay, you're all right. And then just like that, as soon as he starts to care about him, uh, I don't know why you care about something so much that's not even alive. Yeah, it saved his life. It saved his life, but it was so sudden, though. Yep. It was. So, it was that. That's kind of what sucked me out of it, honestly. Hey, episode eight. You live fast, you die hard. It, <laughs> in that, in that, in that part of the universe. And it's true. And I, as I said before, over lunch, I don't dislike it. The finale was a bit lackluster for me in the sense that, a. It, it did seem so sudden, like, oh, but we just made friends. Like, he's very, I mean, he's kind of, it's not really sad. It's more like complaining, honestly. <laughs> and that's kind of what kind of brought me out of it. It was like, oh, but you can't, you can't die. You can't. It was very much like a little kid. And I was like, that's just so against the Mando we've seen up until this point. He's been so, like, hardcore, like, yes and no, cut and dry, like it's this way or that way. And now, like, we're starting to see a little bit of a character change and I understand that's good. That is good for storytelling. But in that moment, I was just kind of like, what? You know? Well, I mean, what it really is is he's he's now like a, uh, a nanny droid. And so taking such good care of this baby, it kind of takes some of the pressure off of Mando. Exactly. And yeah. now, now all of a sudden he's losing that support. He's got to take care of this kid all by himself now. I mean, the, the, the for founder, Forger? The Forger. Made him a clan of two, and that's you can almost see him in that moment. All right, he looks at the at Baby Yoda a couple of times, like this is heavy. Yeah, yeah you know, it's taken him fifty years to get to this point. I've got a, what about one hundred and fifty years of raising that I still have ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> well, with IG, exactly it. That takes some pressure off of him. He's got help. He's not just a clan of two. He has a broader, a, a larger family. So to me, it made perfect sense for him on that boat. To have a little bit of emotion for someone that's about to walk off to their death. Yeah. I mean, he's still got Xena and Chubbs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he does. Chubbs. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I don't want to hate on the, on the finale because I liked it. I really did. Personally, I think the real – because I've watched all of these episodes at least three times each. Yeah. All of them. The ones that have stuck out to me the most, I don't know how many times you guys have watched it. A couple of times each for me. Episode three and episode seven for me were like 
especially episode seven is my favorite because I really felt a sense of defeat in episode seven that I hadn't felt yet in the entire show. Yeah. And I'm going to watch episode eight, at least one, one or two more times to see if I get it. And I really, I, I really enjoyed episode eight. I can't wait to see more. The black lightsaber. That was sweet. Yeah, that I, is. I was going to talk about that next. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Cause what, when's, what were you going to talk about? When? Yeah. I was going to say, Hey, there was a black lightsaber. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not a lightsaber. It's a sword. Right. Dark saber, right? It's the dark saber. Yeah. yeah. And there's only one, right? Yes. That is the one. And and we've and as the episode established, he was the guy on Mandalore when they when the Empire pillaged it. So he's taken the dark saber off of Mandalore. So he's a Mandalorian. Maybe not. Not well of well, they're not a race. Yeah, it's, it's a creed. creed. Okay. He's obviously not part of the creed. Side tangent here. Okay. Then. Okay. So could you guys please explain this to me? Because I thought I had this understood, but now I'm having more questions about this. I already have an answer. All right. So the Mandalorians, they are not a race. They can be, but they're not. Mm, right? There is Mandalore. They're not. they're not. They're not a race. But, okay. So it's just, it's it's a way. It's like a Jedi. Okay. So they're all just Mandalorians. No one has seen their faces. Nobody knows who they are. The, the ones that are holding to the creed. Now, there are people that live on Mandalore, okay. and they're called Mandalorians because that's the planet they came okay. from. Okay, but the way you identify these ones that are holding to the creed is because they always have on their armor with the helmet. Yeah. They never remove that. Okay, nobody knows this Mandalorian's name except for our moth here at the end, right? He right. calls him out for his name. Um, meanwhile, and maybe it's because it was such a long time ago, maybe things have changed. We already know two Mandalorians' names. Jango Fett and Boba Fett. Boba Fett's not a real Mandalorian. Yeah, he's not a, he's not really a Mandalorian. Just because he's a clone? Nope, because A, he doesn't have Beskar on. It's not real. It's not actual. Okay, was, well, and was Jan Jango, Fett? Jango Fett is not a Mandalorian either. No, he's either. not. Because he takes the helmet. We see him with the helmet off. So. But they're one well, of yeah. Like, you can... I'm sure there's people out there that wore the armor and was like, oh, this is sweet. You know yeah. what I mean? Just to have it. Yeah. I'm well, sure apparently Bo Beskar is pretty awesome. Yeah. Deflecting bolts. Well, I think that's what I think that's what Phasma had on in uh, Last Jedi because like she got shot and it was like yeah. bounced right off. It had to be what that was. Yeah. No, I think you're right there. Okay, so then the Fets are just regular people that are ripping off the look of a Mandalorian. Yes. Yes. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. They are literally just they're just bounty hunters. Bounty hunters. They're posers. Yes, yeah. posers. Okay, so are all Mandalorians bounty hunters? No. Well, no. And we they have don't the forger. Know their names she's we, Mandalorian, and she yeah. she's obviously not out hunting. And of course, have, she's pretty. She's, she's awesome. Pretty bad. Yeah. She cool. takes out a whole squadron of stormtroopers with tools. <laughs> with tools. That was man. That was brutal. That was. Whew. Now there's all these other Mandalorians that are down there in the bunkers with him. Yeah. Um, what else are they doing this whole time? Are they just out? Are they do-gooders or are they taking jobs? I think like, they're hiding. They're in hiding. Okay, yeah. because there there is one point when they say only one can go out at a time because it's the way. Yeah. All right. And then in episode three, is it? That's when they all come out and fight together and then they have to move, right? Mm -hmm. Where did they move? We don't know the answer don't to know, that. But we know that okay. we saw them in episode But eight. now, either way, now the secret's out. There's more than one. Yeah. So every time somebody comes in to get one of these bounty pucks and they say, hey, Mando, do, do they know whether or not they're talking to the same one? They may or may not. It doesn't matter. 
it seems like a lot of these people have a long-standing relationship with Mando. Yeah. And that's all they call him. There's Mando. He's probably the main dude. Honestly, that's that's what I get out of it. I don't think anyone else is hunting any bounties. He's the, he's the only one with the hall pass. Yeah. I think that's what I think we that, just have to accept that. I think he's the only one So then that's, what are the rest of them doing? Living. We saw it. Just sitting around, taking care of each other. It's a community. Just stay in the shadows. Who knows how much money Mando even brought in to them to keep them alive. I mean... Yeah. Apparently that extra Beskar that he left behind was worth quite a bit. Yeah, no kidding. But I understand what you're coming through. Because it is... And this is a good testament as to why we don't see more Mandalorians is because their creed, what they stand for, what they are is obviously flawed and broken because they're all dead. <laughs> what I also love about this is that it holds to the old EU as well. Because in the old EU, the Mandalorians disappeared. Yeah, that's why Boba Fett was such a big deal because he was wearing Mandalorian armor even though he wasn't Mandalorian. But right. it, it harkened back to that time when there was that whole group of people that the the galaxy feared right and so i like it that they've kept that element because it's kind of easy just to accept it and 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 keep rolling with the story so if he's if jenga fett's out there flying around with mandalorian armor why don't the mandalorians put an end to that i'd be like yeah you're counterfeit we're not gonna let you do that anymore you're giving us a bad name because how are they to know that jingle fett even exists because jingle fett's been on camino for god knows how long so he's a bounty hunter and i think maybe at one time or another he can't go ahead he's been dead for 30 years at too. this point i'm <laughs> talking about back then back in the day oh, okay. even still just just right before the fall of the empire still boba fett's running around with their armor on yeah well it's not technically beskar though is the thing like because i i mean correct me if i'm wrong that's what mandalorians wear is beskar correct uh, yeah, before it was taken by the Empire. Right, because the Empire came into Mandalore and confiscated everything from that planet. I'm just saying, it, it, I think you're getting hung up. You're, you're viewing the Mandalorian helmet as, a, as an identifying mark, but I don't think that the Mandalorian people really care who's wearing their helmets I'm not, not. getting hung up. I just wanted to explain okay. to me. Yeah, I well, that, I think that in my okay. head canon, I just think the Mandalorian peoples don't care who's wearing the armor and who isn't. I think about it this way. You see someone with a pair of Beats by Dre on. Or whatever. Some sort of cool fashion statement uh, do you thing. Know what he's talking about? I think there's some kind of shoes. Oh. Shut up. I hate you guys. So, you see them and it's like, oh, that's cool. And then you go into Chinatown a year later and what do you see? You see all these knockoffs. Who cares? You have the real thing. There you go. Who that, cares? And that's, that's a... I think that's an excellent point. I don't know what well, the world he's talking I'll about. I'll tell you who but cares. But I think that's a good point. Who cares yeah. is the people that manufacture this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> point yeah, to Ryan. I mean, <laughs> the people true. who are losing money because people are buying knockoffs. But, but, if, they, but if they don't know who has them and who doesn't, who's saying anything about it? Well, and that's like, to your point, too, as well. If they're making suits of armor for Mandalorians only... Mandalorians aren't going anywhere else. True Mandalorians aren't going to be going anywhere else to get that suit of armor because it'll be identified as a fake. Because Mandalorians are the only ones that will have access to the Beskar because it comes from Mandalore. So, I mean, if it's on that particular planet, whatever, I'm sure I'm sure they do care, but I don't think it's necessary to say... I mean, they probably get killed. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. That's a really good... That is a good question. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, just... Uh, either we need to take a break or wrap it up because 
I gotta pee. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, let's let's take a let's just take a quick break, and then we'll come right back to it. <laughs> 